1: Over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't
0: get any better than that. Unleash the fury!
3: You know, it's not every day, not every post game, where a press conference turns into a bona fide fear commercial. And that is why we are gathered here tonight on this very special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Paul Calvisi joined by Darren Urban. He was right there, front and center. Thanks, Coach, is the title of this edition. Cardinals Folktales. This is where you can't spell the word history without the word story. We go into the Cardinals archives and just all-time anecdotes. And for you, Darren, when people ask you about your more than two decades covering the Cardinals, where does Denny Green's (laughs) – Famous Monday night meltdown, where does it rank on your personal power pole?
4: I mean, in terms of memories, just memorable moments. It, it's probably, I would, it wouldn't be number one because this team did go to the Super Bowl. True. But it would probably be number two.
3: And it was Monday night football. Yeah. And it was a potential big time win that slowly but surely unraveled. You thought the game was a meltdown, then you got to the post game press conference. And there was Denny Green addressing the media. And we're going to hear it all for ourselves. We're going to go into the background. What led up to that memorable moment? And really it was a week, dare I say, several months in the making because it went back to the preseason in a lot of ways. Did it not?
4: It did. I mean, uh, living through it in real time. And it was something that I realized later um, that the things he was saying absolutely came from playing the Bears in the preseason and some of the things that happened, which makes sense with what he said. It's funny. I go back and look at my story, and that wasn't even the lead quote that I used. I used one of the players' lead quote talking about how it was a terrible loss, and then I talked about it because, you know, while it was huge at the time, when it happened, I never had an idea that it was going to be as huge as it ultimately turned out to be.
3: And look, it really has been. I mean, some of those sayings from that press conference – have lived. I mean, they're, they're all timers, you know, they are who we thought they were crown them. I mean, those are like all time quotes from Dennis Green, who would later literally turn it into a beer commercial, and yes. he, he would benefit from that. And, and look, it wasn't the first time that Dennis Green, um, shall we say, got emotional. At the mic. I mean, he, he was known for being volatile in that way. A couple of weeks earlier, and we're going to get into this once we get into Cardinals folktales, there I was where he announced the change in quarterback from the veteran Kurt Warner to Matt Liner live in our post-game radio interview ripping the microphone out of my hand from behind my back away from Matt Leinart and declaring him the starter. So you never quite knew what you were going to get from Danny Green day to day.
4: No, I remember one time in training camp that year, right before Matt Leinart signed his contract, there was a question about a player injury. It might've been Carlos Dansby's injury. That was the question. How's Carlos Dansby doing or something like that. And he turned it into a soliloquy about, how guys should be signed, and Kurt Warner and Tom Brady were going to be playing in the preseason that week, and it'd be a shame if Matt Leiner wasn't in New England to play in that preseason game because he wasn't signed. Yeah, he'd do that stuff.
3: And you wonder, like, okay, what led up to Denny Green's rant? Well, not only was it a blown halftime lead, where you were shutting out arguably the best team in the league in the Chicago Bears, but it was how Rex Grossman beat you with a half-dozen turnovers in that game. His passer rating at halftime wasn't even 20. He was playing some epically bad football. And then the Cardinals, to their own demise, well, they changed their philosophy in the second half. In fact, the very next day after this, the offensive coordinator lost his job. So there was a lot of of aftermath from this game. But once again, when it just comes down to all-time anecdotes and the Monday night meltdown, There were enough people in that room who loved telling their story and where they were and how they saw it unfold, and that's exactly what we're going to hear in this edition of Cardinals Folktales. So with no further ado, we'll come back and we'll get right into it. Once again, the Emmy Award-winning series, Cardinals Folktales, which you can see on the Cardinals' YouTube page. But we're going to get back into that next as we continue with this very special edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Welcome back, everyone, into this special edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert. I'm Paul Calvisi. As we go back through Cardinals folktales, in particular, the Denny Green Meltdown 2006. And if you remember that season, it started with a win, and then the Cardinals lost four in a row. Two of those by a combined five points. But the bright lights and the big stage... We're still to come on Monday Night Football. And you know how we talk about sports is the original reality TV. Well, how about a game where the Cardinals defense forced the opposing quarterback into six turnovers, right? A game the Cardinals led 20 to nothing at the half, yet it still wound up with the pounding of the podium. And it was well after the game that we learned that the Denny Green meltdown might have been as premeditated as it was spontaneous. Spontaneous. So here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, here we go with an encore presentation of Cardinals Folktales. Thanks, Coach. Do <laughs> you believe this is happening? No. I cannot remember
5: Denny ever being that... Out of sorts.
6: It's one of those things that's going to go down in history. It's, I mean, everyone's going to remember. You know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. I said to my wife on the drive home, what the hell did he mean by that?
7: It was going really, really well for us.
2: Boy, the Cardinals are flying around on defense. Until it wasn't. Touchdown, Chicago! Unbelievable! There are no words.
5: It was deflating. We felt like we had done enough to win.
0: The meltdown is complete for the Cardinals. Or was it because the most
3: memorable meltdown was still to come after the game? Coach Dennis Green has
0: got to be absolutely beside
3: himself. You could say that. Then again, Denny Green did say that. A post-game press conference that beer commercials are made of, literally. Who
8: do they think they are? They are who we thought they were.
4: They are who you thought they were?
3: A rant with a life of its own that still has legs today.
6: Oh, I was, I was next up on the podium, and I was like, oh my, what am I walking into?
9: Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bull****, bull****
6: it? It was beautiful. <laughs> From
10: the beginning to the end to the mic slap.
8: If you want to crown them, then crown their ass.
10: It was a thing of beauty. <laughs> it, it, it started before
5: y'all even saw it, though. Like, it started off in the locker room. Because when
1: my ass gets in there, I'm going to go eight
3: And I was like, whoa, what? It was an oh-what-the-moment to be sure. Welcome in to Cardinals Folktales, Thanks Coach, presented by Seeky, where we go in-depth into Cardinals history, all-time anecdotes through the recollections and memories of those who lived it, or in my case, those who covered it. My name is Paul Calvisi, Cardinals sideline reporter. It was October 2006, Monday Night Football, where the Cardinals led the undefeated Bears 20 to nothing at the half. Yet Coach Green had good reason to be angry, frustrated, exasperated. Mount St. Denny. I'm telling you, when that clock went triple zero,
5: something snapped in Denny and I don't think he ever recovered. He did it in a special way that only
2: Dennis Green could do it.
8: But they are who we thought they were and we let them off the hook.
7: Thanks, Coach.
3: Before we get to the pounding of the podium, it's important to understand the stage and the stakes. 2006 was the debut season for University of Phoenix Stadium, state of the art. In fact, the roof was open and the lights were bright for the building's first regular season game in primetime. And the cameras loved themselves some Matt Liner. The Cardinals' rookie quarterback transcended sports. Heck, he made People Magazine's 100 Most Beautiful list. And as host of Matt Liner's weekly radio show, I used to marvel at how USC fans would make the drive to Phoenix just to hang out in the sports bar for a one-hour radio show. And the star QB brought out the stars as well. Here's Darren Urban from azcardinals.com.
4: Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore were at the game on the sideline before the game. Matt, how excited he is Monday Night Football! Yeah, you might be
0: excited too, though, if you had Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore cheering for you, David. <laughs> might be
4: fired up. That's kind of cool. You know, That's that cool. would be
0: kind of cool. I hey, yeah,
4: yeah, Demi, how you doing? Charles Barkley showed up, and he ended up making a uh, appearance during, uh, in the booth during Monday Night Football. And there was just there was a vibe to it everything involved just seemed like a heightened level. People were thinking Matt Leinart was going to be the next great quarterback.
7: There was just so much involved. It was the first round draft pick, Matt Leinart, who was making a second start, but now on national TV against a very formidable and vaunted Chicago uh, defense. So, yeah, it was there was a lot on display and a lot of unique variables that went into that game.
3: That's Cardinals VP of Media Relations, Mark Dalton, and he's right. All the pregame talk all week was all
2: about the 5-0 Bears. The Chicago Bears are going to the Super Bowl. It's the best defense in the NFL in the history of this league. Oh, wait. It's week six. But if you talk to everybody associated with the NFL, including ESPN's Joe Theismann, the Chicago Bears are on their way to the Super Bowl. That's voice of the Cardinals, Dave
3: Pash, who certainly was not ready to crown the Bears. Not in week six. Neither was Cardinals Pro Bowl pass rusher Bertrand Berry, who wanted the world to know that the AZ played some deep. Everybody was talking about how this was going to be a non-competitive Monday
5: night football game, and, and we took that to heart. And I know from a defensive perspective, we wanted to go out and show that the Chicago Bears had a really good defense, but we were no slouches either. And we felt like... This is our opportunity to make a big statement.
7: Yeah, you really can't understand the post game or the game without broadening the lens a little bit to the season and the preseason as a whole. The backstory is we played Chicago in Chicago in the third preseason game and the ones versus ones held our own and and outplayed the, the Bears first team. That was
4: in the back of Denny's mind the whole time coming up into that game and then we got Lovey Smith on our conference call that week, and Lovey Smith said it was a glorified practice. We haven't really played them yet.
2: They were able to have some success against us uh, back then, but
6: it's a totally different mindset. Uh, the preseason games are important.
7: They're glorified practices to me.
4: And I think that got under Denny's skin a little bit.
7: I think that's important to know and to understand that, uh, that Denny was probably a little disappointed when Coach Smith said, yeah, uh, that preseason game didn't mean as much to us as it seemingly did to you.
3: The game started, and it started well. Matt Leinert had two touchdown passes in the first quarter. Cardinals beat writer Kent Summers covered the game for the Arizona Republic.
10: The Cardinals dominated them in the first half. I mean dominate. Matt Leinert was so sharp, and you could tell the Cardinals had a game plan that put the Bears on their heels. I mean, Leinert was hitting short passes everywhere and they were moving the ball and the Bears, you know, Rex Grossman was turning the ball over all the time. And I thought, they're gonna win this game. Uh, You know, and I think everybody did at halftime. That's how good they were in the first half and how bad the Bears were.
4: The Cardinals defense, you had a young Darnell Dockett, a young Carlos Dansby, a young Entrell Roll. You had Bertram Berry playing really well. You had Adrian Wilson in the prime of his career. It was a pretty good defense that was starting to find its way, and they just made the Bears' offense look like a disaster.
5: They had Rex Grossman at quarterback, and and Rex wasn't the, the most talented quarterback. He didn't have the best arm. He didn't make the best decisions. So we felt like we could get a few balls from him, like he would throw us a few and maybe we could get some turnovers and go for the ball because he was a guy that was pretty loose with the ball. He had really small
2: hands. Play fake Grossman, steps up, hit, the ball's out. He got sacked, and the ball is loose at the 32-yard line. It was Bertrand Barry that came around against his first sack of the year and a forced fumble. Again, they're still wrestling for it. It's Cardinal ball. Barry comes up with the fumble recovery as well. He did it all on that play.
5: We felt like if we could get him to turn the ball over more than what he had, That we could, as an offense, score enough points in order to get that win home, and it almost worked.
3: Almost. As mentioned, the defense did its part. Rex Grossman finished with six turnovers, four picks, two lost fumbles. His passer rating at halftime, 17.2. In fact, it was 20 to nothing Cardinals getting ready for the second half, and Dave Pash was still uneasy.
2: When the Cardinals were up big, yeah, we were surprised but I think just because we had been snake bitten before I think there was a little concern like you got another half and then it all started to unravel
4: Denny kind of got a little cautious didn't want Matt Liner making any any mistakes they started handing the ball off to Edron James time after time after time and he wasn't going anywhere he ended up with 55 yards on 36 carries—that was ridiculous.
3: That's 1.5 yards per carry, and it was carry after carry. 36 times Edron James ran the ball and got nowhere, and it was by design—a halftime adjustment to make darn sure the rookie QB didn't throw the game away. Literally, once again, Ken Summers.
10: I think Denny Green went to offensive coordinator Keith Rowan and said, "Back off, run the ball, run—you know, drain the clock." And that's what they did. Brian Erlacher finished with like 119 tackles in that game. He hit Edron James so often. It was unbelievable. I've never seen one player hit another player so often in a game.
0: They ought to name Erlacher Sky Camp because he's everywhere. (laughs) He is making plays sideline to sideline. Even though the Cardinals got conservative
10: and, and stunk, the Bears still had to have four things go exactly right for them to win that game
3: commencing countdown to meltdown, ignition to implosion
2: in three, two, one. High formation behind line, a three-step drop. Here comes Anderson, and the ball's fumbled. It's loose on the far side of the Bears. Mike Brown picks it up, and he walks in for a Chicago touchdown. And the Bears have new life with two seconds to go in the third quarter.
0: The one thing they can't do is turn the ball over in that situation and that's exactly what happens given the Bears life.
2: Wolf gives me grief all the time that somehow I'm the human jinx with the Cardinals. He calls it the Pash factor. I say something and the next play, the opposite happens. Well, he did it to Edron. Edron James, thank goodness he's not a fumbler. Very next play, fumble.
0: The Cardinals really protecting the football right now. And that's the great thing about having Edron James too. The guy's not a fumbler, David. He doesn't put it on the ground very often.
2: 5.25 to go in the fourth. 23 to 10. Arizona. They're out of the eye with James, the deep man. He gets it off the right side, cut it back to the left, and he gets stuck right in the legs at the 41-yard line. And the ball's loose. It's fumbled and picked up by the Bears. Far side, Tillman at the 20,
0: the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Chicago. Did I just say that? Oh, my goodness. A 36-yard
2: fumble recovery for the touchdown by the Chicago Bears. And with five minutes to go, they're within one touchdown. Another unforgettable,
3: regrettable moment. Forget the Pash factor. The wolf factor jinx seemingly spoke the fumble into existence. But wait, there's more. Now, time for the Bears'
2: special teams to score. Devin Hester. When Devin Hester caught the punt, I'll never forget. As soon as he caught the ball on the return... Like he made one move, and you saw it. Hester waits for it at the 18-yard line. Backs up, now runs right to the 20, 25, look out, 30. Near side, 40 at midfield. 45, 40 with a kicker to beat. 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Chicago. And the Bears unbelievably have tied this football game. you got to be kidding me. No way. No way.
0: Unbelievable. There are no works. The meltdown is complete for the Cardinals offensively and in transition.
5: Punting the ball straight to Devin Hester, that that uh, wasn't the best idea. So it, it just, it was deflating. It really was because we, we felt like we had done enough to win. And to see him return that punt for a touchdown, it, it just... It took a lot of win out of our sails.
3: But as devastating as that may have been, rookie Devin Hester with his second career return for touchdown, the Cardinals still had 258 left, down one, 24-23, with one last chance at redemption.
4: What everybody forgets is that they fell behind after the punt return by Devin Hester, and Matt Leiner played like the quarterback of the future. He came on the field. He led them down the field into field goal range for a game-winning field goal from 40 yards. I mean, that's completely doable. And then Neil Rackers blows it.
2: The snap's good. Ball's down. Rackers' kick is up. It has the leg. Rackers' kick is no good. Rackers hooked it, and he just missed it to the left. And the Bears take over, leading by one. Unbelievable. Never, ever seen anything like it
7: we don't make it had we made it (laughs) history would judge the next half hour 45 minutes much differently than than it does now
3: and as the cardinals vp of media relations mark dalton there hinted the drama did not end with the end of the game the most memorable moments were still to come and when we come back we'll learn how denny green's meltdown came to be including What was the question that lit the fuse? And did the question even matter? What did Denny Green say right before and after the rant that actually explains a lot in hindsight? Not to mention how Denny eventually embraced and even monetized that moment. As we continue with this special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert, we are Santan Ford. And welcome back, everyone, into the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. I'm Paul Calvisi. Tonight, a special Cardinals Folktales edition. This is where we say, look, you can't spell the word history without the word story, and we have documented memorable moments all time in Cardinals history, and tonight we're focusing on Denny Green's Monday Night Meltdown circa 2006 that, as we know, will live on forever as an all-time rant. And we're going to pick up here where we left off. Denny Green, about to meet the media after the Cardinals blew that 20 to nothing halftime lead against the Bears, eventually losing 24-23, about as excruciating as it gets. Two words, in fact, brutal. Believe me, I was a sideline reporter for that game. I did the Coach Green radio interview after the game, after the rant, which we'll get to. But what about right before the meltdown, right before the media session? We're going to hear from beat writers Darren Urban and Kent Summers and Cardinals VP of Media Relations Mark Dalton as we continue with our encore presentation of Cardinals Folk Tales. Thanks, Coach.
0: Coach Dennis Green has got to be absolutely beside himself. So your team just lost
3: in gut-wrenching fashion a Shakespearean tragedy on national TV you're the VP of media relations what do you do what do you say to your head coach
7: Denny we didn't talk a ton um, I mean he's he's a professional he's he's he know he knows what he's got to do and but no there was no harbinger of overwhelming sentiment that was any different than you would have expected in that situation so yeah we made our way to the interview room and proceeded to address the media. I was
4: literally in the first row right in front of the podium. I mean, I was bracing myself because I'm thinking, here's a guy who's going to give us two-word answers. He's going to be super ticked off. And he wasn't. He came out and people started asking questions about hard stuff. And he answered like it was any other game. And then came the question and things changed.
2: Four picks against Grossman and two fumbles. What did you see about the Bears uh, we shut them
9: down that way? No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, let's, we, the Bears are what we thought they were.
10: What, what, they're what we thought they were. The question was nothing about that. It was Mark Brown, a freelancer, asking him about Rex Grossman's <laughs> turnovers. It's like, that's what I remember. It's like, what question set him off? And it was typical Denny. It's like, yeah, it had nothing to do with that's not what set him off. He had what he was going to say, and he, it was coming out by God. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit
9: Bull We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are
8: who we thought they were. And that's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.
3: And again, the media member who set him off was freelance writer mark brown who that evening was writing for the chicago sun times in this particular case i was surprised by dennis's response because coaches are normally much more professional much more subdued in answering questions but his comments were toward the the nature of the game itself and not directed toward me who asked the question or any other of the media representatives who who were in the room that day it was just venting and just a, a level of frustration that He probably felt that he had to exhibit at a certain time and it was delivered to the moment and it wasn't delivered specifically to an individual.
7: It's interesting the way it started was fairly calm and when it was over, it was over. Uh, It was just that minute and a half in between that it was not. What was
10: interesting to me about that whole moment is if you covered that team, his rant made sense because they had played the Bears in the third preseason game. The Cardinals had played their starters into the third quarter. The Cardinals had played well against the Bears. They were very confident. That's where the whole, the Bears are who we thought they were. You know, we let them off the hook. We
9: played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third
10: game in a preseason? Like it's bull bullshit? Bullshit. The rare use of bull bullshit bullshit back to back was just, you don't see that in a press conference very often.
7: Frankly, the way the game was trending for, for three quarters was was bearing out what Denny was preaching, which was, hey, don't, let, don't listen to anybody else. You're every bit the equal to this Chicago Bears team, even though they're 5-0. And for three quarters, he was 100% right and should have been standing in that podium with, with great pride. And I think that is probably all the things happening with him and what led to what it led to.
8: The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass.
7: You, know, you decide, all right, I better get in there and, and, and cut this off so we don't have another question and keep this going. And there's different ways you can do that, right? So uh, one of the ones is to just, okay, I'll interject and thank the coach for his time. Um, as I think back, we probably weren't gonna get another question because as you look around the room, there were a lot of jaws on the floor and people were a little like, okay. So as you read the room, I thought it would be appropriate in hindsight, perhaps not, uh, to just, hey, nothing to see here. We're moving on with the rest of our program here. Thank you, Coach Green.
8: They are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook.
7: Thanks, Coach. Uh, yeah, that 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 did generate a little bit of attention. It was beautiful.
10: <laughs> From the beginning to the end to the mic slap to Mark Dalton coming in and <laughs> breaking it up. It was a thing of beauty.
5: When I close my eyes and I think about it, I always think of Mark Dawson because Mark was the one that had to say, thank you, Denny. And, you know, at that point, I think Mark was literally afraid to say anything. And, uh, you know, Denny heard him and he just walked off and he walked straight to Paul Calvisi. And Paul had to interview him right after that, not having a clue what had just happened.
2: We were waiting, as we normally do for the postgame interview with Paul, So we're waiting for Denny, and we see on the Jumbotron, Denny hit the microphone, say what he said, and Jim Omahundra, the producer, gets in Paul's ear and goes, Paul, here comes coach, and he's pissed. (laughs) (laughs) And then I think Denny said the exact same thing to Paul, the whole third preseason game. They are who we thought they were. So last question from head coach Dennis Green. What do you think will stick with you most from
3: this one?
9: I just think that we, you know, the, the Bears are what we thought they were. Play. We played them in the third preseason of the game. They played their first team for three quarters. We played ours for first three quarters. They are what we thought they were. If you want to make them more than that, everybody can. The Bears are exactly like we
3: thought they were. And if they're the consensus number one, Coach, what does it say about the potential of the Cardinals? Number one's at the end of the year, not now. There you go. Head Coach Dennis Green, guys. We will throw it back to you.
2: Thanks a lot, Paul. And uh, Dennis Green obviously fired up. As a matter of fact, uh, before Paul spoke with him he had his press conference which uh, was played here in the stadium and well uh, let's put it this way he was a lot more calm with Paul than he was with the media as he uh, was very upset visibly what I always tell people is that if you remember when Dennis
3: Green exits the press conference room he goes through that door right well on the other side of that door was yours truly totally unaware I was of what had just gone down what was about to go viral in fact the wheels we're already in motion
7: press conference ended and i walked into the locker room where another member of our staff chris melvin was uh, was and he said as he always does you know hey how was coach and i paused and i thought um not sure how how to succinctly describe it and he goes what do you mean i'm like i think you'll you'll see it soon enough and <laughs> as it turns out, often enough.
4: The immediate aftermath was, you know, all over the place. I mean, ESPN was playing it, like, every six seconds, I felt like, that night.
7: You you know
10: today that those moments, you know, as soon as they happen, it's, like, going to be iconic. But even back then, I just knew. You know, they had those famous Coors Light commercials back then where they took real moments in history, the Jim Mora playoffs and those things. And I remember thinking, Denny just got himself a Coors Light commercial.
8: Hey, coach! just took off with all your cold, refreshing Coors Light. Who do they think they are? They are who we thought they were.
10: They are who you thought they
8: were? Well, who do you think they were? They are who
2: we thought they were.
8: Okay. Well, if you knew who they were, why didn't you stop them? We let them off the hook.
2: I think there are some people that felt that that was a little staged, like it was coming, the whole they are who we thought they were. But who cares, right? I mean, it didn't have to be completely off the cuff. So, what if he thought about it a little bit before he went in there? I mean, that's what Hollywood's all about. You know, then he could have made it in Hollywood. Yeah, Dave
3: Pash is onto something there because, as we learn years later, Dennis Green had a post game plan. In fact, we'll hear from Gabe Watson and Matt Leiner. But first, here's Bertrand Berry taking us back inside that Monday night locker room where Coach Green called his shot.
5: His shirt was untucked, uh, he didn't have a hat on. And those were two things that you never saw with Denny. You never saw him without a hat, and you never saw his shirt untucked. And he was kicking this this green Gatorade cup. You know those green Gatorade paper cups. He just was kicking this one. You know, on the ground. He wasn't saying anything. Uh, it was just it was eerily quiet. Like I'll I'll never forget it. And I can't even repeat all the things that he said. But the, the basic crux of the matter was he said, I don't want anybody saying anything to the media because when I get in there, I'm going off. He didn't say it quite like that, but you can kind of guess how colorful it got. He came there heated, and the first thing he said was, uh, <laughs> I don't want anyone saying anything to the media. Because when my, I can't
3: say the next word, <laughs> going there, I'm going to go ape. Can't say the next word, yeah. (laughs) So he called it. He said he was going to go off.
5: Yeah, it was a little premeditated.
1: I can't quite get up that high. Men, I don't want anybody saying anything to the media when I get in there. Because when my ass gets in there, I'm going to go eight. And I was like, whoa, what?
5: It, it, It just was the weirdest thing that I could ever remember. I cannot remember Denny ever being that out of sorts like it just some, something snapped I'm, I'm telling you when that clock went triple zero something snapped in Denny and I don't think he ever recovered
3: everybody remembers where they were
6: when it went down when Denny Green went off you were where Oh, I was I was next up on the podium so I remember uh, I was just kind of standing there I actually caught the tail end of it and then uh, and then Mark comes up and says okay next up Matt Liner and I, and I was like oh my what am I walking into you know and I was I was upset obviously of the loss too but I mean it's it's one of those one of those things that's going to go down in history is, I mean everyone's going to remember you know there's there's uh, more coach mora uh, playoffs don't talk about playoffs Oklahoma state coach
2: I'm a man I'm 40
6: There's a uh, Denny the bears
8: are who we thought they were
6: There's there's a handful of guys you know that are forever going to be uh, go down in history as some of the best uh one-liners, I guess, you know, so to speak. Come on, give me a few lines. What do you remember from it? How'd it go? They are who we thought they were. You let them off the hook.
5: <laughs> Players would joke about it in the locker room. I was one of the guys to joke about it, and sometimes I'll say, you know, do the voice and whatever to the media.
3: Give us a dramatic reenactment, if you will. <laughs> they were who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. <laughs>
5: there you go. Players are like, man, what are you doing? And I'm like... What's wrong, I'm just being me, you know. I, I'm a, a clown sometimes, you know. They, they were who we thought they were, they, they they were who we thought they were. I mean, you know, and that's how we took the damn field. And if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. If they were who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. The Bears, who, who we thought they were,
4: they were who that we thought they were.
2: The Bears are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. You want to crown them, crown them. Do watch the third preseason game, <laughs> the third preseason game, comparing that to a regular season game. <laughs> Oh my goodness.
5: It wasn't funny after the loss, but after a few years being removed and like seeing this commercial pop up and it's, you know, the same deal. And it's like, man, it's hilarious. You know, you can like laugh and joke with guys about it.
3: And the impersonations definitely weren't limited to the Cardinals locker room on Fox NFL Sunday. For instance, Hall of Famers, Terry Bradshaw and Jimmy Johnson channeled their Inner Denny,
0: Can the Cardinals recover from a loss like... That? Well, I think they can. <laughs> I'm serious. I think they can. We to... are who we think we are. You just I know <laughs> you can do it, Jimmy. Crowd them. Crowd,
8: <laughs> if you crowd them. Crowd them. I don't care. Well, I think they can because well, of them. Shut up. They got a good
2: quarterback.
3: All right, now, not even a year later, even the Cardinals' next head coach waited for the perfect opportunity to drop his own Denny-inspired quote. Here's Ken Wisenant cracking himself up.
6: I mean, I think a lot of people outside of the team or outside maybe of this conference don't really know a lot about Anquan, but when you study him on tape and you, and you see him, it's pretty apparent that he's a good football player. So he is what we thought he was. I couldn't <laughs> I could,
4: I <laughs> <laughs> kind
0: of could decide whether I could go with that or not. <laughs> That was, that was great. I've been, I've been waiting for so long for that one. Okay.
3: Honestly, that's probably the most or at least the hardest we ever heard Ken Wisenhunt laugh as the Cardinals head coach from 2007 to 2012. Because no doubt, Dennis Green was a tough act to follow in more ways than one.
10: Every day was an adventure. You never knew what you were going to get. I always, I always felt like sometimes I needed a, a Denny Green interpreter. You felt like you were covering maybe one of the last true characters in the NFL.
3: And in some ways, maybe we should have seen the Monday Night Meltdown coming. Because, for example, on his radio show one week, we asked about the O-line, and oh boy... Did we get an answer. I know during training camp some of the offensive linemen cited, you know, just the constant media discussion of the offensive line, you know, as the weak link and just you know, always oh, being they, pointed They, they out. need to quit
9: it, whining so much. Those, half those guys are making over $3 million a year. They need to just get off their butts and start doing the job. I, You know what? I don't like to feel sorry for guys. There's no room for cry No, No room for soft side. When you're offensive lineman you're getting paid big money, then do your job. You can go watch Mesa High School play and you can tell if the linemen are doing her job or not a 75 year old woman in the stands can tell if you're doing a job or not because what happens is the guy got blocked
3: or he didn't all right that was a doozy and then a couple of weeks before the monday night meltdown in atlanta after coach green had pulled starting quarterback kurt warner for rookie matt liner we had one last question in the locker room for liner when coach green blitzed us from behind and answered in person what do you know about the quarterback situation going forward now?
6: Oh, I don't know anything. I'm just going to be ready to play uh, whenever I can. Matt a start next week. Match done.
3: Yeah, that was a real-time, all-righty-then moment for sure. But for all we heard, Danny Green had an eye for talent. His 2004 draft class, Larry Fitzgerald, Carlos Stansby, Darnell Dockett in the first three rounds, an all-timer. In fact, Denny's players formed the backbone of that 2008 Super Bowl team. Former third-round pick Darnell Dockett will always remember the man who saw what Dockett could become, maybe even before he did.
5: Everybody will always remember him because of the they were who we thought they were. Everybody yeah. that that speech will be forever yeah. him. But the thing that stands out to me was I brought you here not to be a backup. I bought you here to be a starter. Now get out there and work like That's my speech. From that day on, I never look back.
3: And that's our look back at Dennis Green and who we thought he was in that very memorable moment. We hope you enjoy Cardinals Folk Tales Thanks Coach presented by SeatGeek. For producer Jim Omohundro, I'm Paul Calvisi. As we leave you with a final word from Cardinals VP Mark Dalton who spent as much time as anyone with Dennis Green.
7: Sadly, Denny passed away in 2016, and a number of us went to San Diego uh, to to his funeral service. And the program of the funeral service was really well done. And like many, it had his picture on the front and the program and the songs and the scripture readings. But on the back page of the program, it had famous Denny Green quotations. And I think there were eight to 10, but the very first one in the program at his funeral was, they are who we thought they were.
3: And about that, a look back at Denny Green's memorable meltdown. Cardinals spoke tales, thanks coach. And for a head coach, who won 113 regular season games in his career, plus four playoff games. Hit Zoom out here. Even Denny Green knew... That's what he'd be remembered for. In fact, as reports said later, he tried unsuccessfully to trademark that phrase, Danny Green. Now, when we come back, we'll bring back Darren Urban on how that moment, that rant has lived on and still resonates today in football, in the locker room, in pop culture. That is next. This is a special Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Wrapping up this Cardinals Folktales edition of the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Thanks, coach, is the title. The coach was Dennis Green. The year was 2006. It was the Monday night meltdown. Darren Urban is with us. Paul Calvi's here. Darren was in the press conference room. I was behind the door. That was Denny's next stop. I actually did not see that moment until I got home, and then you couldn't stop seeing it. As our Jim O'Mandro said, it went viral without social media. This was the infancy of social media. Darren, can you imagine a moment like that today and how it would be splashed all over Twitter and beyond? It, instantly, it would go viral.
4: Oh, I, there's no question about it. Some of the things that we've seen, uh, as big as it turned out to be, it would have been just epic, truly, truly epic on social media.
3: Just being in that room. Take us back into that room. I mean – Was there disbelief when it was unfolding and he's pounding the podium literally? uh, What do you think was the reaction of most of the media members in there?
4: I mean, I, I just think ultimately you're you're I mean, these things happen in press conferences. Again, one of the things people forget about is the fact that he had answered a bunch of questions. It's not like this was the first thing that was and he had answered a lot of them pretty normally. So you definitely weren't expecting that. You were probably near the end of the press conference anyways. But there was definitely this pause when it was all done where, you know, as Mark Dalton has said, you know, I, I, I just wanted to get out of there and, and end it all. But I don't know if there was going to be anything else. I mean, if you're a writer or you're a TV guy, you don't need anything else, do you? I mean, this is <laughs> no. that's pretty much all you need.
3: And one of the intriguing aspects Bertrand Barry and others talked about it, it was premeditated. He called his shot with the team in the post-game locker room. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to create a stir and I'm going to make it known we're none too happy. And in some ways, I think he was trying to take ownership and some of the spotlight away from the team. And the players have to answer questions about how they just lost to Rex Grossman, who finished with six turnovers, four picks, two lost fumbles. Why was the ball kicked off to Devin Hester with the game hanging in the balance? Neil Rackers missing a 40-yard field goal attempt that would have resolved all this at the very end of the game. So there were plenty of culpable parties. But sometimes what a head coach does is he owns it in the moment and tries to save his team.
4: He did. Now, Now again, you know, the, the Cardinals were off to uh, an awful start, and that continued <laughs> – after this, it didn't really help the team.
3: It really was the end of the season. Realistically, any yes. playoff chances, that loss. With a win, they get back into the mix, and there's a viable chance. And guess what? They went on a losing streak. They ended up starting 1-8, and, and Denny was done at the end of the year. So in a lot of ways, you know. Now, thereafter, Denny owned it and leaned into it. In fact, as we found out at his funeral, it was the lead quote. That uh, you know, he didn't mind taking ownership of the. They are who we thought they were, and the Crownem, and and sure enough, it turned into a beer commercial, and 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 and, I, and I'm sure you got even more questions after that, as someone who was there, one of the few people who can legitimately say they were in the room.
4: It, it, it's it's definitely something that is going to be stuck in my memory bank of of uh, big moments that I've been around, and, and you know, every big moment that you cover, it's not always a. a just a touchdown or what it's it's things like this it's it's sitting next to pat tillman watching the towers burning on television that kind of thing and i think in this case um i mean it worked out okay like you said i think denny leaned into it um i think he kind of enjoyed the notoriety to a certain extent obviously in the moment he didn't that that team the denny green years I mean, you could write a big book about that, mm. Paul. And there was a lot of stuff that happened in those three uh, those three seasons in terms of coaches and players and things that happened and cr- just crazy, nutsy stuff. Uh, but obviously, this particular night, that particular rant is going to be number one. Well, that was
3: my second season as a Cardinals sideline reporter. I was on the other side of that door. Denny came in and he said almost the exact same thing as we heard. I don't think it's gotten that crazy. In my 18 years since. Put it that way. For Darren Urban and Jim Almahondro, I'm Paul Calvisi. Thanks to everyone involved. That is Cardinals Folktales. Thanks, Coach, on this special edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert.